Another day of another episode of Titanic Minute, your daily podcast where we discuss the movie Titanic minute by minute. I'm your co-host Rob, and I'm joined as always by my good friends Joe and Duff. Happy Monday. The Midnight Boys are back in town. <laughs> Duff, I've heard from a lot of people that they love when you say ahoy. <laughs> I said it like twice. I know. So, people um, are waiting for the next ahoy. All right. Maybe I'll start uh, doing that again. It's going to be your free bird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, in We're going to talk about minute 76 today of Titanic. In this minute, Spicer Lovejoy shuts Jack down. Um, so we're... <laughs> Joe's favorite character. Yep. Uh, yep. Is he still your favorite character King. after this minute? Uh, I think he... I like him because he's illustrative of the way the upper class holds down the working class. Just handing out like little treats to get us to uh, kill each other. These two young men are class traitors, and I'm calling them out. <laughs> well, okay, on that well, uh, on that note, um, on a little treat, I'm guessing that Rob was going to get to this. But so first, uh, Lovejoy offers Jack some money, and Jack, being a man of principle, uh, not unlike Joe, refuses. Could you tell how much it was? I I thought about rewinding, and then I was like, eh. I'm pretty sure that it was two $20 bills. So if Jack had taken the money, $40 would have been just over $1,000 mm-hmm. in 2018 money. But instead, each of the uh, doormen gets about a uh, little over $500. Okay, I've got a question. Yes. Why doesn't he just take the money and then pay for an upgrade to first class? Ding, 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 ding. I had that too. That's what he should have done. Just been like, yeah, thanks. Uh, I'll, can I upgrade my ticket? I'll now be first class. <laughs> uh, I, I like the way you guys are thinking. I, I had a similar thought. Um, how much was a first class ticket again? Do we know? Uh, I had research on this. I'm pretty sure he could have afforded it. but Well, uh, he would have taken, it would have been $40 he would have gotten. I'm sure it was less than $40. Plus, he's already well, uh, he's, he's in the midst of the village, uh, so maybe it's a cheaper upgrade price. It was about $150, it looks yeah. like. What? Okay. He could have gone to second class, though. We're around 60 No. No. You're right. He went to mail to do a whole lot. So <laughs> so here, here is what I think he should have done. And this kind of goes back to, I think, one or two episodes where I was kind of calling him out for not re- You know, what was his plan? Like, what if he had gotten in there? What was he going to do? So Jack, for lack of a better... Uh, phrasing right now stinking with his dick <laughs> at church at church it's not a catholic mass hold hold on i'm trying to think about which one of you is more offensive just now it was robbed by a, by a country mile there yep. yeah so Fine. again like i still don't get let's by say they didn't stop him he was gonna walk in there, just make a big scene, and so and how is that gonna go a good way for him? So what I say, take the money, give the impression that you what you went away, and now you got a little scratch money, and you can keep you can still keep working on Rose, because I mean, as we find out later this week, he's got ten dollars. 
Mm-hmm. So now he's got $50, which is a lot of money. He can secretly try to hook up with Rose. Lovejoy and all are maybe not totally uh, convinced, but they're at least a little relieved. Play the long game, Jack. Well, that wouldn't have worked either in the long run if we if he if Jack what? first. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I'm, ta- I'm talking. Well, about- maybe it's maybe it's a butterfly effect. If he does this, the whole fate of the oh, voyage yeah. changes. Yeah. What he should have done is cut those twenty dollar bills in half and try to stretch that dollar, and then use them as forty dollars each. You see what I'm thinking here? Nineteen twelve. <laughs> You cut it right in half. And I, then you... no, I, no, I got it. <laughs> I got it. I've got an idea for another thing we can cut, too. I think we just cut, <laughs> half our, I think we just cut our listeners in half. <laughs> Down to one. We owe them $40. <laughs> okay. I think that we, should, we could kind of get into sort of a Beavis and Butthead situation here where Leo, I'm sorry, Jack takes the money, then turns around and bribes those door guys with that money to let him in. <laughs> You know, there you go. Mm. Which I guess isn't nearly the same as Beavis and Butthead just buying each other's candy bars over and over again with the same dollar. But I'm thinking something like uh, that. That's still a good plan. Uh, regardless, though, we all have plans that are probably better than what he actually did. Except uh, mine. Yeah, his actual plan was to have tons of pride and then fail utterly. And then run into her like 20 minutes later anyways. So... Like, was, what is what is his plan going in here to interrupt that, church? Yeah, I, j- is he doing like a graduate a, situation? Is he going to bang on the window? Oh, does he just go. think if if he makes a big scene, Cal will be like, "Oh, you're right. You should be with this poor." <laughs> yeah, that always works. Hmm. I don't. I don't know. I have no idea what he was trying to do. Um, well, like I said, do you thinking, guys have any thinking with his uh, Rob doesn't Rob doesn't like language, so his Johnson. <laughs> With his genitals. Uh, Do you guys want to know a secret to get into places that you aren't allowed into? That reminds me of a story. Um, Well, before we get to that, can I ask one question? Sure. Winstead. When Spicer (laughs) comes out, he's actually pretty nice at the beginning. He says that Mr. Hockley and Miss DeWitt Bucator appreciate your assistance. So is he talking about Cal and Rose or Cal and Ruth, who is he speaking for at that point? Who is Miss Duke? Du- Did du- he say Mrs. Cater? or Ms. Miss? I think he said Ms. If he said Ms., I, I always got that he was implying Rose and Cal. I did too, but I think he might be might be Cal and Ruth, though, right? Well, I think it would be, it's kind of a trick they're trying to play. It's like, oh, she doesn't want you here. Who so but but who okay so outside of semantics what he says who's actually who's behind this idea of Lovejoy giving them money to pay him off it's probably Ruth and Cal Ruth. right or do you think okay so Rose for clearly sure, is for sure Ruth maybe Cal I, Cal I feel is kind of oblivious he says but, Mrs so it it's definitely not Rose oh okay so it's, okay it's Ruth um and I do like how Lovejoy sort of like constantly you know like at first he's like oh thanks a lot but no thanks and then here's some money and then it just and then essentially he's just like all right you shouldn't be here by the way which to be fair he's not wrong it's uh Um, kind of the good cop bad cop routine but with one person 
Yeah, and then by the end, he's like, you can just escort this guy out and gives those guys the money. He doesn't even get the money. It's a lesson learned. Lessons learned by Spicer Lovejoy. Come along, you. Yep. Um, One of the better line readings. (laughs) Come along, you. Like old Steve Miller says, take the money and run. Yeah. Uh. What, why am I, what, what pop culture reference am I thinking of about, like, there was a kid growing up and there was always some guy who was always there to teach him lessons, and it got, like, more ridiculous. Rest of development. Okay, the that's, the that's who Spicer Lovejoy is. And that's why you never leave the refrigerator door open. <laughs> yes, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, and then, of course, this minute ends with uh, Rose singing For Those Who Peril in the Sea, which may be foreshadowing. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but, Joe, you had a question. So it, this doesn't work any anymore. But in, in a pre-9-11 world, when security at sporting events was a little more lax, I have it on good authority that this worked. If you want to get in free to a game, what you do is you just get a big length of, like, coaxial cable or, or some kind of, like, cable that looks professional grade. Okay. And you drape it in a circle around your shoulder and you rush down towards the dock of the stadium and when the when they try to stop you just be like i gotta get this cable to the broadcast booth now <laughs> are you gonna screw this up and then i've I have it on good authority that someone did this three different times for baseball playoff games in the 90s and it worked every single time wow <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> so <laughs> but like i said uh as someone who works at a professional stadium i can assure you that would well so do they have the ticket? Do they even have? Are they even have no. access to the? Or they're coming into like where you like? Okay, Just a, like the employee a, entrance. Yeah, yeah, like the the loading dock or something like that. Hmm. They they claim that they also got through by the turnstiles one time, but that I don't. I'm not sure if I believe. Mm. So what Jack should have done is had a bunch of prayer books and ran in there and be like, I gotta yeah. get over there. <laughs> the last I two rows don't have books. Do you, are you going to be the one that provokes God's wrath? Yes. What about the hymns? Because it's not going to be on he me. Has the, he has the wine and the uh, little wafer things, although it's non-denominational. This is Either him this or is Christ's blood in my hands. Now it's on yours if you don't let me in. It really is kind of a variation on the, the George Costanza if you look really upset, no one will bother you. It kind of goes along with forgetting in places. If you just look really annoyed and late, and an accessory helps, like the coaxial. Well, yeah. There's a in college. There was a a bar near an apartment uh, that I lived at, and uh, former guest of the show Rob. Um, we had I don't know why we had a bunch of old pumpkins on our. Uh, <laughs> what on our we had a bunch of old pumpkins like on our little patio and we decided to just start throwing them uh onto the roof of this bar <laughs> oh boy and <laughs> which and bar like, was it yeah can you say the bar it uh it was the big 10 pub <laughs> oh. does that still exist yeah absolutely so okay. great actually great lunch specials uh and do they still have the ridge racer video game <laughs> I don't think they do. They're, 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 they're throwing, we're throwing these pumpkins over, and I don't know what happened, but I think like a big, a gigantic pumpkin landed on the roof, and like all of a sudden, Catholic guilt hit us. We're like, we can't, we can't keep that giant pumpkin on the roof. So what? Uh, I don't understand. I don't entirely remember why, but Rob was like, "I'll go get it." 
Why? <laughs> and he walked into the bar. Where was it going to hurt anything? And we're just waiting. And then he like just showed up out the back door and then <laughs> went up there and threw it back and came back and said, you just got to walk in like you own the place. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'll Conf- never forget that. Confidence goes a long way, walk so in. I'm told. Walk in like you old. I've also seen that same Rob see like minor celebrities and go up to him as if he's known them his whole life, and it works. Yeah, I, I, rem- <laughs> I, I Meanwhile, I've you panic when you have to figure out which beer to order. Yeah, I know different, <laughs> different Robs. Uh, do you guys have anything else on this minute itself? Nope. Okay. Well, Duff, it's Monday. I'm gonna fire up the Wayback Machine. Hold on. <laughs> Oh my god. So this is from March of 1998. Moon Jungbe. M O O N J U N G B E. Okay. Moon posts Hello. I'm a very busy man, so I have no time to see this great. <laughs> I have no time to see this great movie. I love it already. <laughs> he's too busy to see the movie, but he's not too busy to post on this message board. Yeah, nope. <laughs> this is, if it's a troll, it's a good troll. I like. Um, I uh, I can't say the word because Puritan Rob, but uh, more of a just say a, it. More of a poop post. <laughs> a poop post. Well, Rob will get mad if I say. <laughs> post. Now I have to add the foghorn. <laughs> so and, and let me read the whole thing it's very short hello and again really listen to it. i'm very busy man so i have no time to see this great movie please tell me the characters of the movie this information is much important to me in person <laughs> i mean this is pre-movie database right this is pre-imdb no, imdb was around at this point imdb okay. just i think they had been around for a year or two, at least. Um, then the you characters have... in the biggest movie in the world. Oh, it <laughs> actually launched in October seventeenth, nineteen ninety. Wow! What? Jeez! Al Gore invented it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but the most up-to-date jokes and references uh, here on Titanic Minute. Got got any Hillary Clinton <laughs> pantsuit jokes there? <laughs> um, the you best know, the thing about Dan Quayle, not that good of a speller. <laughs> So there's four responses, two of which are just basically what uh, I think Joe said, one of which says, why, do you have a paper due on Monday? (laughs) But then one person literally types out a pretty thorough uh, plot summary. 4,200 words. (laughs) What? What? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I mean, they, they quote dialogue, they hit all the major plot points, some motifs. Um, so, yeah. It was, They're just like, uh, honey, uh, we're going to have to do dinner at home tonight. Uh, someone's confused about something on the internet, and i got to clear yeah. it up. It was James Cameron, actually, who wrote it, and that's how he keeps losing wives is because he's spending so much time correcting people about his movies online. This uh, The person who did that was Vivian, official carrier of TTS, Total Titanic Syndrome. Oh, no. That's- um, unfortunately, the link to our GeoCities page is now lo- lost forever, like tears and rain. <laughs> did, did the person thank her? 
um, Moon Moon Junga Bugga or <laughs> yeah. no Moon Jungbi never posted again. Um, they did not thank Vivian. They were for, too busy. They were busy man. Are we sure that wasn't? It had to have been like a bot or something, right? Uh, maybe maybe. Those back then. Uh, it could have been. Um, well, we could email. Uh, Moon Jungbi has an email address if we want to try to contact him. I'm assuming. Did you, did you ever see Titanic? <laughs> it's moonjongbee at hotmail.com. <laughs> All right, but post he's, the, he's post the like email address emails. into the chat here, and I'll email okay. and ask. <laughs> I did forget, guys. There was one thing I forgot to mention from this minute. I apologize. Um, this minute ends with Captain Smith being told about another ice warning. And he's told it's from the Nordum, which was a real ship. It was a uh, 12,000 ton passenger liner. And it sailed between Rotterdam and New York. It was also built by Harlan and Wolf. And it's true that in 1912, uh, she did alert the Titanic to ice early in its voyage. And uh, operated during part of World War I, hit mines on a couple occasions, and was laid up by the end of war. So, oh. yeah. Um, she was scrapped in 1927, but yeah, it's a real thing. SS Nordum. Um, sorry, I should have said that before the Google group for anyone who fast forward through all our content, just to get through Google. Way to kill the momentum. I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. I sent the email. So if I hear back, okay, we'll let us know later this week. All right. Well, guys, if there's nothing else, I guess uh, we could just move on and this minute, right? Shut it down. Push the button. Push the button. All right, guys. Uh, listeners, we'll be back. Uh, oh, hold on. Now nah, we'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Um.